when it comes to personal finances, personal financial security and investment, do you feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind? This is part of a lyric from Katy Perry's song Firework. But I'm certain that most of us feel this way. We feel like we are drifting in the wind and not knowing what to do with our personal finance, our investments, our savings. Well, I'm here to tell you this needs to stop. How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for Healthcare Professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. I am 100% sure that 100% of us uh, have been approached by uh, sales representatives, advisors, planners, bankers, investors looking after us. And when I say looking, I say it with some bunny ears here under quotes. Ever since we got into either nursing school, med school or dental school, to be honest, these individuals get to us right from the get go at a very, very early age when we frankly still know nothing about healthcare and even less about the financial industry and how it works. So at a very early stage in our professional cycle, uh, we are approached by people who want to sell us things. And like the good people that we are and our given ignorance in financial literacy, we buy things uh, from them without really thinking about why we do it, when we do it, how much we do it. We just do it because we think it is in our best interest, or at least they tell us it is in our best financial interest. Over the course of our lifetime and our professional careers, there may be thousands of these people coming to us, selling us products and services. And when we purchase them without really thinking about the why we do it, and without having a strategy, we may be going potentially in a thousand directions. And that is really not effective nor efficient from a strategy and planning perspective. We may be buying products that have nothing to do with each other and that are not even aligned. And this is the problem that we end up with because we are ignorant of financial literacy. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of us are really sophisticated with finances and investment. And so maybe this podcast is not for them. But for the vast majority of us, um, because we have very little financial literacy training during our careers and our education, it is not surprising that we know very little about finances and how to protect ourselves financially. And consequently, we just follow what they say because we expect them to act in our best interest. So we think that they have fiduciary duty towards us. But in fact, this standard of fiduciary duty uh, is not very strong in the financial industry. Only a few professionals meet that standard. And one of them is a CFP, a certified financial planner. They must respect the financial and fiduciary duty to their clients. Whereas other quote unquote advisors don't have to subscribe to that regulation or rule. And so coming back to that, how do we know that we are on the right track? 
do you even know what road you're supposed to travel on from a financial perspective? Do you know your end goal? Do you know your objectives? Do you even have objectives? And what objectives are they? Have they changed? Have they modified? Have they changed after you've gotten married or have kids or even other life changes? For example, a death in the family. All those need to be revisited uh, once there's a major event in our life. But to begin with a clean slate, do you even have a strategy of where you want to go? That is extremely important. Otherwise, we would be investing or saving haphazardly and drifting like a plastic bag in the wind without ever getting to our goal. And that is dangerous because people will come to us selling all sorts of products and services. I'm not sure, but if you are familiar with this term, dumb doctor deals, they exist all the time and they are being sold all the time. And unfortunately, people like us buy it all the time. The fact that it is called a dumb doctor deal means something because it is dumb and doctors buy them. And the reason we buy them is because we don't know much about the finances. We don't know much about the deal, but we don't want to miss out. The fear of missing out FOMO is very strong. We don't want to miss out on a good deal because everybody else tells us it's a good deal. So we must do it. But how many of us really evaluate the deal, the risk involved, but more importantly, the opportunity cost involved, which also speaks to the total cost of the deal. How many of us truly understand opportunity cost and all the different nuances that comes with it? How many of us actually look behind the curtain and see the pitfalls of the deal and understand the agenda of the person selling it? I would very much venture to say that a very few percentage of us actually do that when we are assessing financial deals. I can say that because I've coached a few people already looking at agreements and deals and how they see things. And for certain, a lot of these individuals have not seen the blind spots. Can you imagine driving a car down the highway and all of a sudden make a lane change without looking at the blind spots? Well, surely some accident is about to happen. Well, the same thing happens with financial deals and financial agreements. It is exactly the same. Some accident will happen. Unfortunately, you just don't know when it will happen. It could be immediate or it could be 10, 20, 30 years down the line. But by that time, it will be too late. So how do we mitigate this as professional individuals who have a very high earning income? Well, my argument will always be always learn about finances, especially personal finances. Take the time to learn at least the basics. And I know what people will say. I don't have time. I mean, we're all professionals and we're all in healthcare. And I hear the exact same argument all the time. I don't have the time. And truly, we sometimes don't. But if we don't do it, who else will? Not everyone in the financial industry subscribe to the fiduciary duty rule. And so if most people don't look after us, who will? 
Well, that responsibility falls on you, the individual. So here's what I would suggest and recommend. One, know where your gaps are. One should always know where all the gaps are and where the blind spots are. Once we figure out where the blind spots are, we go and learn about them and make sure that we understand it really well before we move into an agreement or a deal. And never be pressured into a deal. If people are pressuring you into a deal, there has to be a catch. And that is usually not in your favor. I will let you guys know on a secret. There are deals all the time. They come and they go and they come again. You miss out on this deal, there's going to be a future deal. So there is really no reason to be pressured into any agreement or into any deal at all. Opportunities are abundant. You just need to look for them and recognize them. Most importantly, recognize the DDD, what I call the dumb doctor deal. Just because we have gone through many years of training, education, residency upon residency, PhD upon PhD, doesn't make us experts in finance. When it comes to finance and economics, I would venture to say that the vast majority of us are illiterate. And so it is crucial to recognize your gaps. And one of the pitfalls that we all fall into is overconfidence. Overconfidence make us do things that are sometimes totally illogical. For example, getting into deals that we shouldn't get into, getting into deals that are being pressured, or getting into deals when we have no idea what is happening, but we want to do it because we don't want to miss out or we don't want to ask the right questions so that when we ask the questions, we really look stupid. But in fact, the questions that, is, that are not asked are sometimes, and in fact, most of the time, the most relevant questions. And so beware of overconfidence and make sure that you ask all the questions that need to be asked. The second method to achieve your goals is to really know what your end game and your goals are. When high performing athletes and teams go to play against another team, they know what their end goal is and what are the different objectives they need to achieve to get there. For our own personal financial safety, security and well-being, we need to have the same attitude. If we don't have an end game or a strategy in place, then we would never see how it would not align with our own vision and mission and strategy. We would think that it would be a great deal because people say it is. But if it doesn't meet our, meet our strategy, how would we know that it's beneficial to us? First, we need to know what our end goal and strategy is. But if we don't have one, then everything will look really good. And when everything looks good, how do you say no? Well, the chances are you'll never say no. And that's the problem. With limited resources, you can't say yes to everything. And by saying yes to everything, you're saying no to everything else. And God forbid you're saying no to something that really is important and that have lot of opportunity. And that, my friend, is opportunity cost. So therefore, you have to be strategic in what you say yes to 
and what you say no to. Being strategic means that you actually know what the strategy is. So having one is crucial and primordial. Do you know what road you are on? If you don't know what road you are on, how will you achieve your end goal? Can you imagine big companies like Amazon, Google, Facebook, uh, Tesla, name it. Can you imagine any of these companies going into business with no long-term goals, no strategy, no end game, and uh, don't know where they're going, and they're just producing products just for the sake of making money? Companies like that need to know where they're heading. They have a three-year, four-year, five-year strategic plan. And so companies like that need to do it. Why do we think that we don't need to do that? I'll tell you why we don't do it. It's because we've never been taught that way. Well, I'm here to tell you, you need to start thinking about it. Otherwise, you're constantly drifting in the wind. Knowing your goals and your strategy also means knowing where the problems are. And you need to know where the problems are now, in the immediate future, but also in the very far future. The reason you need to know that is because if you know where the problems are, you can mitigate and put into actions and steps different ways to prevent them down the line. Most of us, doctors, dentists, lawyers, nurses, don't even recognize what our problem is. When I ask my colleague, what do you think our financial problem is? What answer do you think they give me? The answer is always, I don't have enough money. I don't make enough money. I need a raise. I think that is true for a minority of us. I'm not going to sit here and say that's not true. But for the vast majority of us, income is not the issue. We are very blessed in the healthcare industry to make the salaries that we make. Whether we are physicians, nurses, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, or dentists, we are very blessed in the amount of money that we do make. So in my humble opinion, income is not the major issue here. In my mind, the major issue is the tax burden. I am convinced that all of us know that intuitively because I hear my colleagues complain about taxes all the time. But for some reason, we still think that income is the problem. Whereas, to be truthful, the tax hit or the tax burden is the problem, not the income. And most people get it wrong. They think that the problem is income. The reason I say this is because a lot of the strategies, or I should say a lot of the things that they buy, is to generate income. For example, they invest and look for rates of return, and look for passive income, and look for uh, how they can supplement their monthly income. All that is driven by the fact that they need to increase income. The more income one makes, the more in taxes one have to pay. It is all but a very vicious cycle. So at the end of the day, we work like crazy men and women 
to achieve a big fat zero because whatever income we made and revenue we made, it all goes to taxes and it all goes to Uncle Bill. But now it goes to Aunt Christia. There has to be a more efficient way to do this, isn't there? The answer is absolutely yes. Most of us don't buy into that idea. In fact, they refuse to buy into the idea. The idea that our problem is not an income problem. Our problem is a tax burden problem. And so they continue to run on that hamster wheel and think that if they made more income, things will be much better. Well, I think they're totally on the wrong track. Do you know what road you are on? So this brings me to the final method of securing your financial security and wellness. So here it is. That recommendation is truly understand what road you are on. Once you have figured out what strategy, what end goal, what mission, what vision, everything else should and will fall into place. There are two broad strategies, financial strategies, I mean. One is the accumulation strategy. The other one is the distribution strategy. In the accumulation strategy, the focus is on accumulation to increase, especially income and interest and rates of return without much importance on the withdrawal side of things. That means the taxation part. This essentially is the income strategy. The second strategy is the distribution strategy. While it places importance on accumulation and increasing value, the focus is really on the distribution side at the time of withdrawal to maximize the value and the money and the amount at time of withdrawal at the end. As I mentioned earlier, we are in healthcare and we are very blessed by having very good salaries. Compared to the rest of the population, our profession is almost recession-proof. Maybe not pandemic-proof, but at least recession-proof. And the amount of salary that we make are quite significant, again, in comparison to the general population. Therefore, our problem is not an income problem. Our problem is a tax burden problem, which is a distribution problem. As such, we need a distribution strategy, not an accumulation strategy. Adopting a distribution strategy makes so much more sense to me. So the products that we buy, the investment that we do, and the saving vehicles that we make have to be aligned with that strategy. And if I've chosen a distribution strategy, all those products need to be aligned with that. If I have chosen a distribution strategy, and I believe that that is the right strategy for us, then there are certain things that do not make sense at all. As an example, 
getting into dumb doctor deals that do not have a tax benefit. Another good example is in the purchase of life insurance. When people are telling us to buy term insurance and invest the rest, term insurance is a poor tax efficient vehicle. It may be inexpensive, but it's absolutely not aligned with the strategy. And unless you invest the rest in a registered account, this investment is definitely not tax efficient. And even if you do invest in a registered account, you still have to pay taxes at the time of withdrawal. Registered accounts like RRSPs is just a way to defer tax, not eliminate it. So that at time of withdrawal, you still have to pay tax as it will be counted as regular income. At some point, the government wants its share back. So even uh, registered accounts like RRSPs are not tax efficient and just contribute to your tax burden. I'll be honest, the tax burden happens uh, 30, 40 years from now, and you really don't think about it now, but you must. And so therefore, to wrap this up, a product like a term insurance and invest the rest, even if you invest in a registered account that is tax sheltered, it is still not tax efficient. And so for a distribution strategy, buying term insurance and investing the rest is absolutely not aligned at all. I hear this all the time from my colleagues. Buying term has excellent value and it's also cheap. And yes, while I agree that it is cheap, it is not valuable in a long-term strategy, at least not valuable in my distribution strategy with the philosophy that I think is the best for us as high income earners. If being cheap is the only critical decision-making point, then we've totally got it wrong for our own financial security. I am not saying that term insurance has no value, nor does it have value for certain scenario and circumstances. But if we are adopting a distribution strategy, then term insurance is the wrong product. Term life insurance is good for an accumulation strategy. And that's why it is so crucial to understand where you are, what strategy you're using, and what road are you taking. If we choose a product, an investment, an agreement, just because it is cheap, and it doesn't fit our strategy and end goal, then what is the point? It is interesting that we don't bring this same philosophy in our everyday life. If price was the only concern, then nobody would be driving Mercedes, BMWs, Jaguars, or even those luxury cars. Obviously, there are things that people value from those luxury cars. And so obviously price is not the only consideration. And so when it comes to financial strategy, price should not be the only decision point either. Unfortunately, I hear way too many financial gurus out there or on social media or on uh, networking groups that tout the benefit of term insurance only 
and invest the rest and destroys everything else. While there are benefits to going cheap and paying less expensive products, if it does not meet your strategy, then you're going the wrong way. Unfortunately, even these gurus have it wrong. So for your own benefit, truly understand where you are, what you want to do, what your goals are, where is your end goal, and what strategy you want to take to achieve that. It does happen that you will have to change your strategy slightly or modify it as life events happen. But please don't let people come to you, sell you products, or, or distract you from what you want to achieve and distract you from your strategy. Everything else that is not part of your strategy and not in line is just noise, lots of noise. If you are using an accumulation strategy, then certain investment and vehicles make sense. If you're using a distribution strategy, certain vehicles investment makes sense. But please don't make the mistake of doing both. Otherwise, you'll just end up nowhere. Like a plastic bag drifting in the wind. So thank you, Katy Perry, for singing that song. Little did I know she truly understand how healthcare professionals feel when it comes to their own personal finances. I think that song was really sang for us. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice. Thank you.